One day each of us will close our eyes for the final time. Our hearts will slowly cease to beat and our last breath will whisper through silent lips as we leave this existence behind. Yet is this truly the end? Do we simply cease to be as the last spark races from our brains along cooling neurons to its final destination in oblivion? Or does the part of us that is uniquely our own continue beyond the grave? Is there existence beyond the temporal? And if so, what mysteries might that existence hold? There are those who would have us believe that our lives end with our final tomorrow, that the physical world is both our beginning and ultimate end. There are also those who reject this explanation, instead contending that the physical world is simply one aspect of an existence which may stretch on through eternity. For now, we are left to wonder if the strange apparitions are a product of our feverish minds, or if ghosts do haunt the fringes of the material world. The ultimate truth may lie somewhere between, unknown to us until we each pass beyond that veil. And between our searching eyes and that veil lies a path that leads us to the Shadows of Legend. Hello, this is Charles Romans, your host for Shadows of Legend. Today we're speaking with Nelson Ketchaway from Manitoba, Canada. He has an interesting story about his brush with a paranormal. He has managed to befriend a ghost. Mr. Ketchaway, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well. That's good to hear. So the best place to start, of course, is, is always the beginning. When was the first time you experienced things that, that could be construed as paranormal? It was probably the first... Uh month i was staying there i went into the basement by myself and uh, uh my sister was uh, on top uh she was on the main floor it's just a one single story house and uh so i went into the basement by myself lights off nothing's down there it's just an unfinished basement and uh i sat by myself uh don't, don't ask i i don't even know the motives of me doing such a thing now that i think of it but i did it anyways I heard a little pitter patter coming from the corner of the room, and it almost sounded like a child's footsteps. And uh, I heard it, and then it came from the corner of the room, and it circled around me. And I started getting obviously the goosebumps, right, the yes. weird feelings, and uh, and it was all mixed in. All of a sudden, it was all mixed in with this visual I started getting of uh, this loneliness. Misery kind of facial expression that was uh, being shown to me somehow, and uh, yeah, I called out to my sister at that moment once I saw it or whatever it was in front of me. Oh, definitely, yeah, you, you, yes. you want and, uh, she, confirmation. The funny part is, she did not want to come downstairs because she said she never heard me so scared. Well, I, that was going to be a question I was going to ask. I mean, obviously, you you felt the loneliness and misery externally yeah but your, your reaction was it a fear reaction a sympathy reaction at first it was fear yeah i uh immediately exited the basement once i uh, felt that or saw it and uh yeah i went upstairs and we, we continued on the night and uh i guess uh kind of put it i guess shelved it in the back of our minds didn't didn't really think too much of it right yes and uh so, I don't know, maybe another couple of months in, I started noticing because I had a, a room in the front room there with my sister, and uh, the the house would creak in a weird way every time we'd fall asleep. 
every time when you're just about to drift off to that second, third plane, yes. where you, you get that deep sleep, right? Mm. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Whatever it is, that the house, the window, uh, the door, the, the ground, something would creak around you and almost keep you up. Like almost like a jolt. You know what I mean? Like something trying to get your attention. Yeah, basically. And it would just go on and on and on until the morning light. And then, then it would leave you alone in the morning for some reason. And it almost like, in a weird way, it almost kept you on a weird uh, hours of the night kind of schedule, right? Well, if it was trying to get your attention, of course, that, that would keep you awake. So it would, yes, by yes, default, yeah. make you a night owl kind of person. Yeah. And it's, it's weird, too, because when I first moved there, there was no feeling inside that room where, where I was at. I, I moved in two weeks before everyone else did, before my sisters, before, you know what I mean, before yes. uh, her family moved in. So I got a taste of that house, and I, I felt nothing in that room at all. So it, I found it kind of strange all of a sudden that it would, you know, like out of the, the mist of things, just, you know what I mean, slowly start, I guess, making itself more pronounced. Well, now, one, one question I was going to ask, though, is uh, how old were you when this happened? I was 22. Okay. Yeah, because I'm, I'm I, I wouldn't now. wouldn't want the uh, the listeners to think since you know you talk about your sister in in that way you, maybe that you were a child when it happened. Oh yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I was an adult, and yeah, um, we were moving into a to a. She was moving into a new house. I was splitting from my partner. We were having difficulties, and she, we both decided that it was a good uh, idea that I moved into the house before she did, and just kind of get things settled in for us. You know what I mean? Oh yes, it would say, it seemed to be an equitable arrangement, definitely. Yes. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was really it was really good living with my sister, and uh, I think she had some of her own experiences. But uh, being inside that room, I remember the next experience that I, I did have for myself was um, I was drawing in the room and uh, doing doing my hobbies and stuff, minding my own business one evening, and uh, that's when the TV turned on by itself. On, and it, it turned up the volume, the volume by itself, and it went to this loud, chanting, drumming part in some movie. And uh, I came out, obviously, uh, alert. <laughs> My heart yes. was racing. I could feel it right now, again, the feeling of goosebumps. Just That's all, that's all you feel, right? Right. And, well, uh, it would put you on edge because, I mean, uh, an appliance like that kicking on by itself. Yeah. And uh, especially the music and the tone that it was trying to set for the house. Yes. That chanting and that drumming from some, uh, like, uh, some foreign movie that just happened to be on, I guess. It all worked. <laughs> it's magic for me because <laughs> I immediately felt like I needed to run out of the house and you know, start screaming or something. Well, it but, would be startling, yeah. and it would set definitely a somber uh, oh. uh, tone, if nothing else, perhaps even... You know, a mildly terrifying tone. Yes, yes. That's exactly how I felt. But at the same time, I visualized myself. I just couldn't see myself running down the street screaming. You know what I mean? Oh, I understand. Just... <laughs> what? You know, the, the first couple of times something happens, of course. I mean, you said, like, after the initial uh, mm -hmm. occurrence, uh, you and your sister just kind of put it out of your head. Well, the first mm -hmm. couple of times something happens, you can just rationalize it away. But yep. after something happens more than just a few times, then you start thinking, well, perhaps there's something to this that I'm not really getting. Yeah. 
So, and, um, and I'm assuming the, that, that, that it progressed more from, from the second point too. It, the next two incidents that I can remember, and it was kind of a, I'm sorry to say kind of more of a blur. I'm not sure which one happened first, but it was, uh, before I, I kind of reconciled where I became friends with the ghost, you can say, but these two incidences, I'll let you know of the first one that I remember of. I remember my son came over to visit for the weekend. Okay. Uh, he was only three years old. Uh, I think uh, my sister's, uh, my nephew was having his birthday party. So naturally, you know, we got together and yes. it was a, a great little evening. Anyways, I had a, a nice uh, big bed in the basement. Just one uh, single, I think it was a queen size. Anyways, but uh, as I said, the basement was unfinished. But, you know, doing what you can, being nifty. You, you try to make the best of things and you you try to make it uh, comfy and ho uh, homey for yourself, right? Right, exactly. And as far as being unfinished, I mean, that, that was a common practice. Most people initially intended the basement to be like a catch-all room, possibly have appliances like washing machines and dryers and stuff in them. For sure, yeah. So, so they didn't have to finish that basement the way they would like their, their main living space. Mm -hmm. But as you said, you move into something like that, I mean, it it's fairly easy to make something homey. I brought some carpets down and uh, I brought some um, shelving units and uh, I, I, I did my best of trying to section off the basement to make it feel like a, a place, a livable place for, yes. for me. And, and uh, uh, obviously my, you, you did a good job of it if you brought your son into it. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. I uh, brought my boy over and uh, like I said, we had a, a little birthday party for my nephew and uh Anyways, he uh, he, pa he passed out with me in the basement, and uh, in the in the morning, something weird happened. I noticed with him, his eyes were open, and he was staring in the corner of the basement by himself. And it wasn't like your normal staring. It wasn't even like he was awake. It was like he was in some sort of weird trance. And the more that I tried to wake him up, nothing happened for at least two to four or five minutes, I, I really started freaking out. Well, obviously, but, yes. I mean, a parent would be scared seeing their, their child do something like that. Being yes, responsive. Yes. But eventually snapped out of it. And uh, he doesn't even remember this, obviously. He's so small. But I remember it just as if it was yesterday. And uh, yeah, um, I brought him upstairs. He doesn't remember anything of it. We went on with our, our day. But that's when I kind of started realizing and started trying to put the pieces together of something might have happened in that corner of the basement. I see. And uh, even if, even if I did know that, I think part of my, my, uh, my outlook on life was that I guess if it was there, it was, it was there. And it was there before I came along, obviously. So I started maybe thinking in the back of my mind that maybe, maybe I'm the intruder somehow a little bit in, in whatever's eyes. You know what I mean? Yes, I, I mean, it, it's totally understandable thought because, as you said, the house was there first and other people lived there before you and your sister ever moved in. Yeah, and uh, the next experience, like I said, I don't know if this one came first or the other one, but I will share it. My sister went to, to the hospital, so it was me and her friend that I was visiting, and um, she had brought her baby over, and I woke up and uh, heard the baby crying. So I uh, went into the room where she was sleeping, her friend with the baby and I said, well, I'm going to take the baby because the baby's crying because 
I have children of my own, so I obviously I know you know what I mean. They probably need to be fed or whatever. And I was I was being a nice guy basically too, and, right? I was a, just a trying parental to be responsible. Yes, and, and you were trying to be helpful. Yes, I was trying to be helpful because you know I'm watching the house too for my sister, which is not home, and she's got her friend over. Yes. So I said I'm going to feed the baby, and she said, "Yeah, okay, the the milk's in the fridge or something like that." And uh, I said, "Okay," and uh, all was good. Two hours later the baby started crying some more. So I didn't know where the diapers were. So I went back to the room and I asked, do you know where the diapers are? No answer. And then I asked again, like, do you know, Chelsea, do you know where the diapers are? Your baby's crying. And so I went to her where she was laying. Yes. And there was nobody there. There was a pile of clothes. That's and bizarre. It was very bizarre. I got, oh, I'm getting chills right now. even thinking about it. Um, I understand completely. It's a oh, chilling yeah. thing. I, I freaked out. I I grabbed the baby, and this time I went and sat outside with the baby. Yes. And I started calling my sister and saying something weird is happening at this house. I just heard somebody talk to me earlier, and nobody's in there. And I found out later that the mother went to the store to go grab groceries, and that she wasn't even home since the time that I got up. And yeah. So so she had actually been gone. Yes. Before the baby was started crying. Yes, yes. So whoever I talked to about the baby, the the bottles inside the fridge or whatever, that was that was the spirit obviously or some something. I don't know who it was, but it uh it definitely gave me chills. It's still giving me chills even well, thinking about it, it right it, now. It is chilling, but fortunately in that circumstances at least uh, whatever it was was being helpful. Yes, yeah. That's, so, that's I mean, if you, you would take the edge off of it, that would do it, okay? Yeah, <laughs> that's a very good point. Yeah, the, the milk was inside the fridge. And, oh, I'm, I'm, okay, and uh, I have um, just two more experiences. The, the okay. last experience, or I mean, the second last experience that I'll share with you is right. where I kind of made peace with the ghost, you can say. I uh, was still living in the basement. Things have things changed a little bit. I, I moved the basement around. I got rid of the big bed. And okay. I decided that when I was staying in the basement that I wanted two beds, two single beds. I'm a, I'm a single dude. I, I was a single dude at that point. Yes. Um, and uh, my, my boy is getting older too. So you know what I mean, there's a bed there. And uh, I told my sister, you know, why I want another bed is because I, just in case, you know, overflow comes from uh, out of town. Well, yeah, it would be helpful. Uh, yeah, uh, just uh, for them to play a place to stay. But the real reason why I got that bed was because I felt that if I were a ghost and if I were stuck in that basement, I would want somewhere to lay down. I would want somewhere to relax and I would want somewhere to chill. And in a weird way, I almost felt kind of guilty that I was the only one that had a bed down there for that long. You know what I mean? Well, you know, that's, that's an interesting thought process that... Uh, really does track because if nothing else, you could say, well, you know, ghosts don't need a place to lay down, but yep. it would offer a, a familiar touching point Yes, to put that spirit at ease. Yes, yes. And I think that's what, what my, my goal was at that point was just to, you know what I mean? Like, you don't have to, we don't have to be weird about it if you're down here. You know what I mean? You can relax right. and you can chill. You know what I mean? We don't have to. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> well, it's just like I, I, I'm up all hours of the day and night. You know, if I wake up at two o'clock in the morning, uh, I'll drink a cup of coffee 
if there was a ghost in my house and I poured myself a cup of coffee and they wanted a cup of coffee, I'd definitely fix them up. <laughs> yeah, there, there you go. Exactly. And uh, yeah, that was my thought process. And uh, I noticed after that things weren't so um, on edge anymore. You know what I mean? There wasn't yes. really any more mystery to it, you could say. Um, there was a couple times when I was falling asleep where I wished that the lights were off. And the ghost turned off the lights. And there was, Again, that there was, was very helpful. Very helpful, yes. And there was a couple times when I woke up and the lights were off. And before I even got a chance to go screw in the light bulb, the light already flicked on for me. And I was like, well, thank you. That's <laughs> <laughs> Again. very accommodating. Thank you very much. You know what I mean? And what I would do, too, to fall asleep in that basement sometimes, I would turn on the dryer. Okay. Because... Because the dryer was obviously like that white noise that people listen to yes. that helps them fall asleep. And there was a couple incidents where the ghost would turn on the dryer for me. And it was, uh, it was yeah, it was very, <laughs> it was weird. You know what I mean? Even thinking about it now. But it was, I guess we were, we were making peace with each other. And you know what I mean? Like there was no point of, I guess we kind of both came to the realization. There's, you know what I mean? Like we're basically roommates. <laughs> well, exactly, and and uh, at that point, neither of you were going anywhere. Yeah, so, exactly. so it would have to be a kind of a situation where okay, let's 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 just get along, make each other's yep. lives lives easier, or exactly. afterlives. That's case. what it was. Yeah, like there, yeah, there was no there's no reason to be here to meet all weird about it. We 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 became used to each other, and we, I guess how we were. And so anyway, I'm, I'm seeing a, a, a definite progression here from the initial shock and fear yeah. to a, a comfort here. Yes, yes, yes. I did become comforted by the fact that I guess I kind of knew the story a little bit. I think mm -hmm. intuitively in my heart, what what I feel like happened there with this gentleman, because I feel it was a male spirit. I don't feel like he was demonic. It was evil. There was no knocking at night, three knocks. There was no scratches. There was no shaking of beds. I think it was just the lonely, um, lonely uh, spirit that I think in life was uh, some sort of gang initiation, some sort of, uh, uh, because before we moved in that house, we got told that the house was a gang house. I see. And uh, it was a former gang house. We even had people come into the back door asking for drugs. And we're like, we're, we don't sell drugs here. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> this is just near my sister's house. And they were like, what? Okay. So they, and uh, yeah, that's what we had to deal with the first couple of months moving in there. But intuitively, that's what I felt like happened to this gentleman. It was a gang initiation or some sort of setup. And uh, he lost his life in the corner there in that basement, unfortunately. That I don't know for sure. Like, I, like, I don't. I don't know. I, I I don't do tarot cards. I never had. I'm not a medium or anything like that. But I feel like, in my heart, I think that's something sort of what might have happened. Well, a person can be empathetic uh, and mm -hmm. pick up on things without necessarily being a psychic or or even a sensitive. Mm -hmm. And some energy is is obvious. We'll see. Mm -hmm. But. I, I was going to ask if you had uh, done any research or anything about previous owners of the home and uh, were able to determine who this might be or who they no, might have been in the um, life. No, I, I I do know the street name of uh, the crew or the gang that was staying formerly at the house. Yes. 
but but I don't know any of the the people that uh, actually came to visit the house or resided in the house. I just know the persons. Uh, the owner of the house or the the person that was residing the house that had their name attached to it, I guess the basic, the tenant. Yes. So, uh, and and you have the impression that 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 former tenant is is the entity that you cohabitated with. No, 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 not, 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 not the tenant, but I feel like the lifestyle that was being, uh, the lifestyle that was uh, going on inside the house, which I I think was more than likely gang activity, uh, uh, selling narcotics or trafficking drugs, whatever, right? Yes. That that type of lifestyle. That's what I was told by the neighbors too. That who lived in there before us, and uh, I feel like that was just kind of, I guess, a byproduct. What happened to him was because of that lifestyle that you know, you know some unfortunate people follow. You know what I mean? Yes, and uh, it, it is tragic, but uh, uh-huh. it, it seems that, in, and in a lot of cases, this is true, it seems like any danger that you or your sister might have been in were uh, was more from the living rather than someone who was deceased. Yes, 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 yes. And it's um, fortunate that you, you ever clarified, no, this is no longer uh, anything. We're just living here. And yeah, ideally, yeah. The people quit coming around. Yes, yes, yeah. Um, the, 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 um, it's, it's, it's funny that it's kind of weird how this, the whole, the end of the house happened too. Was that the house, which was once a family house that me and my sister tried to make the best out of, you know what I mean? She had yes. her kids, I had her kids. And mm-hmm. I think for almost like two, three years, we, we really made the best of it. And ironically, the house kind of turned back into sort of like a, a drug house. And uh, people, people, yeah, like it was just, um, it was, uh, it was just the bad choices. I think my sister left, and then she gave the keys to a couple people, and then after a certain point, it was just like it was just a house that people almost kind of knew, just to, just to kind of like squat in, almost you could say. Right, and and that, that's kind of unfortunate, but your your yeah. sister had not purchased the house; she was just renting the house, correct? Yeah, she was just renting the house, and uh, yeah, my nephew and her. They moved away to somewhere else for a while. I she gave me the responsibility to live on the to take care of the house, but after a certain point, it was just too far gone. It was yes. just uh, too many people knew about it, and they knew that usually on Fridays there was uh, drinking or there was you know what I mean this and that, and uh, it was just a bad scene. There was such a bad vibe there. After a while, it was just it was unlivable. It was, there was like the feeling inside the house was definitely definitely changed to a very what the hell happened here kind of vibe you know what i mean yes well and and houses themselves it's a popular belief that uh houses absorb energy whatever kind Mm -hmm. of energy is present Mm -hmm. so uh so much of that bad behavior and everything uh, oh for sure i i believe that it was uh it started replaying itself the bad vibe started replaying off the walls by itself I, I can't I can't be the one to say this, but uh, my friend that like I said, I, I sometimes I'd let people stay there if they need a place to crash because I was the one in charge of it. Yes. And I, I was yeah, I had a, I had a good friend that was kind of in a jam. And I said that if you really needed to, you could just go in the basement window. Don't tell anybody. But uh, yeah, you just crash there if you're if you're in a jam. And he said that he did. And uh, he he said uh, he passed out there, and he heard he heard me and my sister and everybody on on the main floor 
And then when he went upstairs, there was nobody there, he said. So that kind of goes exactly with uh, what you're saying, that the walls were kind of soaking up the energy. Yes, and if there was, like you said, that uh, that one spirit there, it could mm -hmm. serve as a catalyst to, to replay other things. Yes, yes. And it sounds, um, though, as though, and, and this is, is kind of, I almost hesitate to say this because it's kind of a tragic statement for this mm -hmm. spirit. It seems to me that uh, your presence and your, your sister's presence was the only peace this spirit got. Mm-hmm. And is, yeah. is the house still standing? The house is still standing. And uh, there's, there's, there's some times when I walk or I'm in the neighborhood, I'll walk past it. And I feel like knocking on the door, honestly, and asking, can I go check it out? Can I go check out the, 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 my friend ghost? No, that would obviously creep them out. But there's, there's parts you, of me that want to well, <laughs> it, And it's him. difficult. It would be difficult yes. to, to broach that subject with someone. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's still standing there, and uh, the very, the very, the, let, let me uh, share the last experience that I had. Okay, and it was almost like a message. Um, All right. Um, like I said, I was watching the house. Um, I was working downtown at a gym, and uh, my friend came to pick me up for work. I had the keys. I locked up the house, made sure that all the windows were closed. We uh, took a bus to work. Work was done came back to check out the house, unlocked it, went to the basement. There was glass shattered everywhere. There was, um, when, back when I was making, trying to make it all comfy, yes. um, I used to have a shelf and I used to have like uh, bottles of uh, alcohol on top of the shelf, almost like a display of uh, good times or this or that, right? Yes. I had maybe about like, I don't know, eight bottles sitting up top of my shelf. And when I came back that one day, half those bottles were thrown across the basement and half of them were standing still. Like they were in their exact same spots, but it wasn't like they were knocked off. They were thrown across the basement. We see, that was going to be my next question because they've just fallen off or were they more like it would take some force to project mm -hmm. them across the room? Yes, there was some force to these bottles being thrown. Me and my friend sat there for almost half an hour to an hour trying to figure out how could this happen? You know what I mean? Did we listen to music loud? Did we vibrate it? Right. And then, did, like, yeah, the vibrations of our music knock off these bottles, but then it didn't make sense because between these bottles, like there was two that were smashed and then there'd be one that was still standing and then there'd be one that was like missing and then the one, there'd be one that was still standing. You know what I mean? Right. Like they, they, like they were picked or for some reason. And yeah, the basement after that was truly unlivable. You know what I mean? Like there was glass everywhere. And I think, I think that was like, yeah, that was the very last uh, incident that we had at that house. And the only thing that I could think of was that I feel like it was a message about the whole bringing drinking around, I guess. Okay. Maybe he didn't like the drinking or maybe something happened in, in the spirit's life with alcohol or, or something in that regard. You know what I mean? Well, that's a possibility because uh, a lot of people who, well, I mean, you, you see this sometimes with the children of alcoholics, for instance, they become mm -hmm. extremely anti-drinking. Yep. And then, of course, and, and a lot of uh, people for religious reasons are anti-drinking and things of that nature. So that's a mm -hmm. possibility. Now, did the uh, the the ambience of, of the basement change after this incident? Oh, for sure, the 
there, there, after that point, I felt like there was no going back. There was no, because there was so, that basement was like almost like being um, ignored and neglected. Yes. Um, and uh, after that point, there, yeah, there was so much glass everywhere that the amount of time that it would take to try and fix it and uh, go look for all the glass and not get cut in the process. And while I'm working, <laughs> it just, it wasn't in the books for me to do such a thing. Right. So, so did you move shortly after that or? Yeah, we, we, uh, I think it was about two months after that, three months after that, we all decided to move and, uh, we decided just to leave the house and, or I guess my sister, <laughs> I don't want to be the one, but I guess we both kind of left the house in disarray because there was just, there was just too much, um, I don't know, bad vibes, leftover feelings. There was, you know, like, I don't even think we wanted to be in the house just because of safety reasons after a certain point. You know what I mean? Yes. So I, I'm, I'm curious, after you moved out of the house and moved into a, a new home, a new apartment, mm -hmm. uh, did you, have you experienced anything else since then? Um, no, I can't say that I, that I have. Um, where did I move after that? I think I moved... I think we I patched things up with my uh, the mother of my uh, first child, and uh, we decided to get a place together. Yes. And uh, no, nothing, uh, nothing to that extent. Nothing that made me feel like there was a a story being told or some sort of personality around me uh, to that extent, or I felt at that house. Because a lot of times, what happens is that once a person has their first experience with paranormal, they refer to it as kind of like opening your eyes. Mm -hmm. So then you see and you experience other paranormal occurrences in other places. This yeah. is not always the case. But yeah. but in a lot of cases, then people say, well, you know, and then when I lived at the next home, I was just trying to see if, if uh, you had had any further paranormal experiences. No, um, not, um, you know, like, I feel like personally, pers my, uh, my personality-wise, I think... I've always been kind of cool with things like that. And for like, um, th this experience that I've had, it was more extreme and it was more, it was more pronounced. And I, I, I do believe I've had, uh, I, I encounters here and there, but like, like I said, I've, I've shelved it. I've tried to just <laughs> <laughs> move on with my life in the positive way. And I don't think anything has ever been so pronounced in its way of making me sure making sure that i knew it was there if i did come across anything it wasn't yeah it wasn't uh it wasn't so uh alive you could say or with me or yeah wasn't as pronounced pronounced like again yeah, like i said again <laughs> so i typically ask my my guest this question mm -hmm. what would you say to people who don't believe in the paranormal, don't believe in spirits. What would you say to that? Well, I would say, I'd say there's a lot of things in life that, uh, we don't know as people that we don't even, we don't even have the idea of beginning to understand. And I feel like if you just even open up yourself to the, to that, that, uh, knowledge that you, you, you might just not know some things in life. I think, that uh, opens the door for learning, uh, self-discovery of, you know what I mean, maybe who you are, you know what I mean, of, like, the way, like, the way that I reacted to that 
situation, someone else could have a different um, reaction to that situation. I guess, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I would say, I guess, <laughs> you never know until, I guess, that happens. So uh, would it be fair to say that you think that uh, awareness of paranormal activity is can allow a person to grow? I think so. Yeah. I think for me, it has, um, I, I definitely, what you said that I think, I believe that, yes, it allowed me to grow and uh, I feel like I've become more humble with if, if I were to be in that situation again, I would know how to deal with it. But it doesn't always have to be a fear reaction. Yes. Yes. It doesn't have to be a fear reaction. Um, because so many like, times we fear things we don't understand that aren't necessarily dangerous. Mm -hmm. Ironically, in a lot of cases, we don't fear things that are dangerous that we probably should have a little judicious fear about. <laughs> but, uh, but I think uh, possibly the aspect and, and the, the philosophy of just being aware would mm -hmm. uh, be a good starting point to most things. Yeah. The, the awareness, I, I believe, has, has helped me. And uh, I hope that for other people, too. You know what I mean? Just a lot of things we don't know. And, you know, spirits are people, too. And they're just like me or you. And sometimes, you know, maybe they want to play games with you. Maybe they want to, you know what I mean, get your attention by moving stuff here and there. You know what I mean? I wouldn't be too worried about it unless you're getting scratched or your bed's yeah. shaking or you're levitating or <laughs> to that nature of you being physically harmed. My situation wasn't, I wasn't being harmed. I felt like it just wanted to be really let me, let me know that it was there. And it's possible that, uh, like, like you said, just wanted the interaction. And then it's some spirits just want to be left alone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> every, every spirit's different. So is there anything else that you would like to share with our listeners about your experience? I can't really, uh, I don't know. Uh, my, my sister said, uh, like like I said, my sister, when she lived there, she, uh, I, I feel like she really tried to ignore the spirit, and I feel like the spirit kind of uh, bothered her just a little bit more, and uh, like uh, she went in the basement, the same basement I'm talking about, and she keeps talking about this when I when I said that I was sharing this story with you on the podcast, yes. she was, she brought up this story right away, how she thought that I was in the basement with her, and I tapped her on the shoulder, and she turned around, and there was no one there. She said, and she. Went screaming to the <laughs> to the top of of the stairs, and she shut the door. You see, and that's an interesting point that uh, the same spirit, two people interacting with it, uh, had radically different reactions. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's uh, what I was, I guess, uh, what our uh, conversation is about when I talked to her about it. That how. Like you were just, uh, you didn't, you didn't want to think about someone being there invisible, but I was like more okay with it than you were, I guess. <laughs> well, and, and there's nothing, nothing whatsoever wrong with that. It's, oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 She was just, you know what I mean? She, I guess she had her own responsibility. Who, who knows? It was, you know what I mean? I was, uh, maybe I'm just a funky dude with ghosts. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> But it, it does sound as though overall it was a positive experience. Yes, yes, it was. I used to always watch those movies, I mean, those shows, a haunting and stuff like that. And yes. I never really thought about it happening to me, I guess. I, 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 even, I didn't even think that it was happening maybe when I was watching the show, but I guess, yeah, that was my, 
it was my little it was my experiences with uh with that house well, it sounds like if nothing else you did have a fascinating personal experience yes well if you don't have anything else to share i guess this is a, a good place to to wrap up and say that uh i want to thank you for coming on here and sharing your story well, thank you for having me. You're very welcome. And and one question I do have to ask, do you share any of these experiences on any kind of social media? No, I don't. This experience that I've shared with you is probably the first time I've actually really opened up and talked about what happened to, to anyone. The only people that I really share about these stories, obviously, is my, 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 my girlfriend and maybe some of her extended family and obviously... Yes. My my family, we like to sometimes go back and talk about it, but yeah, I don't uh, I don't really talk about it too much to anyone, or even on my Facebook, I guess. Well, the reason I ask is that uh, you know, when people listen to story like this, they always want more. So, mm-hmm. if a person has a Facebook page or a, a YouTube channel or something like that where they can follow up, they like to. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's uh, it's quite all right to not have it, and and and, and to maintain a degree of privacy. And I'm just glad that you chose to share this on on the podcast. Well, yes, uh, it's a new experience for me. And uh, as soon as somebody uh, said that uh, they would like to hear what I have to say, uh, I jumped at the opportunity. As uh, like I said, I don't uh, haven't really shared this story with anybody, so I felt uh, I felt compelled to share it with you. Well, we appreciate that. And if you have any more experiences of this nature then uh, feel free to reach out and we'll have you back on the podcast to talk about those. All right. All right. Well, then for the moment, I'll just say that you have a wonderful evening and uh, hopefully we'll be talking to you again soon. All right. Thank you for having me again. Thank you. You're very welcome. Have a good evening. You too. This is Charles Romans, and on behalf of myself and our guests, thank you for joining us on this walk through the shadows of legend. If you like what you heard, please follow us and visit our website at shadowsoflegend.com and support our Patreon page to help keep the content flowing. And if you would like to be a guest and share your own brush with a stranger paranormal, don't hesitate to email us and include a contact number. The strange and surreal, the normal and the paranormal are all aspects of the world in which we live. As you reflect upon the stories we have shared, Keep in mind that the people sharing these stories are actual, real people just like us. Were the stories shared compelling enough to be given credibility, or should they be relegated to the deeper part of the shadows? But when determining this, it might be a good idea to keep an open mind, because when we look around, we might discover that our own world is less brightly lit than we once thought. Until next time, I'll be waiting for you in the shadows of legend.